then comes the saying of the author, Shaykh al-Islam, وَالْدَلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنْسَانَ لَبِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ said, and the proof, the proof what these four matters that have just preceded here, knowledge, acting upon it, calling to it, having patience upon harm, and doing that, he said, and the proof is his saying, he the most high, and he quotes the whole of Surah Asr. It's 103rd Surah. 103rd Surah, Surah Asr. With the explanation, three ayahs, while asr, by time, mankind is certainly in loss, except for those who have iman, except for those who truly believe, and perform righteous deeds, and who enjoin one another with the truth, and who, and who enjoin one another with sabr, with patience. Shaykh Fawzan said in explanation, it is obligatory, wajib, that you learn these four matters, that you learn them in detail. Is there any proof, that you raise a question, is there any proof for what the Shaykh has said in the author? He says it's obligatory upon you, made something statement about the religion, so you point to learn these four matters. So Shaykh Mawazan said, is there any proof for what the Shaykh said? That it is obligatory upon us to learn these four matters. And he has promised us that he will not say anything except with a proof. So where is the proof? Where is the proof? Shaykh Mawazan told us he will only, we only accept things with Jaleel. These, these matters here, you know, we have to have everything with Adilla, with proof. So where is the Shaykh's proof? Shaykh Bozan raises the question. And Shaykh Bozan answers, the proof upon that is his saying, He the Most High, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Wal Asr, Inna Vinsana Rabi Khusr, Illa Ladina Aman, Wa Amiru Salihati, Wa Tawa Sawbil Haqti, Wa Tawa Sawbil 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 Asr. That's the proof, that's why the Shaykh Rizal brought it, that's the proof, what is taken, it's a belief to upon us to have knowledge of these formats. The explanation, by time, mankind is certainly in loss, except for those who have iman and perform righteous deeds, and enjoin one another with the truth, and enjoin one another with patience. Shaykh Rizal explained, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Shaykh Razan explained the phrases here. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for those who have Iman. He said, this is the first matter. Al-ilm, knowledge. Because Iman cannot be except through knowledge. Ilm. Which is awareness of Allah, the mighty majestic. Awareness of his prophet and awareness of the religion of Islam with the proofs. So, is the proof for the first matter, knowledge, knowledge is obligatory. Because Shaykh Fazan said, How can you have Iman? How can a person have Iman? 
without knowledge. Knowledge of what he has been learning, knowledge of Allah, knowledge of his Prophet, and knowledge of the religion of Islam with proof, with evidence. The second matter, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they perform the righteous deeds. Shaykh Farzan said, this is this is action upon the knowledge. In this part, the ayah is a proof of the second matter, action upon the knowledge. The third matter, and they enjoin each other with the truth. Shaykh Farzan said, this is a da'wah, this is calling to the knowledge and action. It's calling others to the, that knowledge and action. And he said, the fourth matter, and they enjoin each other with patience. Shaykh Razan said, upon harm, in the path of calling to knowledge and action. So in that way, this ayah, these ayahs, surahs of asr, is a proof for all these formatters. Then Shaykh Razan said, so he begins the explanation of the whole surah and we'll take a part of it and complete it next time insha'Allah, so the Shaykh said so he's saying, he the one free of all imperfections, well asr the explanation by time Shaykh Razan said the wow here, I mean the wa at the start wa the wow is the wow asr the wow of an oath means wa at the start here there are different, different meanings in the Arabic language for the wa. Very often it's used for at, it's used for joining one thing to another, but here is another meaning, another, another usage which is to introduce a qasm, to introduce an oath. So I said the wa here is wa qasm, for introducing an oath. And al asr, what is this word, al asr? The Sheikh said it is a noun. Upon which an oath is sworn. And it is majroor, again it's been a, a grammar point, it is majroor, it's in this case of being majroor. And the sign that it is majroor is that it has a, a kasra upon it. Wal asri, there's a kasra on the ra. Yeah, that be an indication of the wa which comes come before it is an oath. So by time, this it shows that there's, there's an oath being sworn here. Then Shaykh Razan explains the meaning, or rather first he says, and what is meant here by al-asr, what is meant is al-waqt was zaman. What is meant by al-asr is time and a time period. Time and a time period. So he said, so Allah the Most High swears by a time period and by time and it is something created. In time is something created, and Allah swears by it. And Allah, the Majestic and Most High, <coughs> may swear and does swear by whatever He wishes from the creation. But the creation may not swear an oath except by Allah. So it may be an important point here, as for Allah, the Most High, our Lord, that He can swear by whatever, He can swear an oath by whatever He wishes from the creation. As for us, the creation, then we are not allowed to swear by anything except by Allah. Then Shaykh Raza makes a further point. And Allah does not swear an oath except 
by something which has importance, ahamiya, and which contains a sign from his signs, he the perfect and most high. So this time, the time that's sworn by here, time, contains a lesson and has importance. And therefore, Allah swore an oath by time. And, I mentioned some other oaths which are made by Allah the Most High in the Qur'an. So therefore, because, of, because of the importance of time, and because there is a lesson in it, Allah swore, Allah the Most High swore by it. He said, and He swore by the night, when it covers. Surah Al-Layl, the 92nd Surah. And he swore an oath by Al-Duha, by the daytime brightness. Wal-Duha, Surah Al-Duha, the next Surah, the 93rd Surah. In, in the 92nd Surah, Allah the Most High swore by night, when it covers, when it develops. And the Surah after that, the 93rd Surah, Allah the Most High swore by Al-Duha, by the daytime brightness. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, but as for the created being, as for the creation, then he may not swear an oath except by Allah. And it is not permissible for us to swear an oath by other than Allah. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Man halafa bi ghayrillah faqad kafara aw ashraq. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Whoever swears an oath, but other than Allah, then he has committed unbelief or committed shirk. <coughs> they mentioned the hadith reported by Abu Dawood and the Tirmidhi from a hadith of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah. And this hadith was declared sahih, authentic by Shaykh Al-Rubani. And Shaykh Fawzan was the second hadith, Man kana halifan fal yahlith lillah awl yasmut. Awl yasmut. Prophet said, whoever is going to swear an oath, then, then let him swear by Allah, or let him keep silent. In a footnote, they mentioned this hadith is reported by Al Bukhari as hadith 6108, and by Muslim as hadith 1646, number 3, or hadith also of Ibn Umar. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, so Allah swears by whatever He wishes, and He does not swear except by something which has importance and which contains an ibra, a lesson. So what is the lesson? What is the ibra? What is the lesson here? In time, Allah has sworn by time in the surah al Asr. And the Shaykh's mentioned the principle here that Allah does not swear by something except importance and something which contains a lesson. So what is the lesson in time? He said, the ever, the lessons are tremendous. And he goes on to mention something. The succession of the night and the day. Because obviously time being succession of the night and the day. Night following day, day following night, and so on and so forth. So Shaykh Razan said, the lessons are tremendous. The succession of the night and the day, and how they interchange, 
and take from each other. This one taking from that one, and that one taking from this one. May the night growing longer and the day growing shorter, and then the day growing longer and the night growing shorter. And they succeed each other in this amazing, ordered manner, which does not vary nor alter. This is a proof for the ability of Allah, the Perfect and Most High. And then, as I mentioned, a second lesson, a second important lesson. Then, whatever occurs within this time from events and catastrophes and calamities and from favors, blessings and good things. And whatever occurs within this time, this is from the lessons, all the events that happen in time. And likewise, because night and day are an arena for righteous action to be performed in. <clears throat> the Most High said, وَهُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ خِلْفَةً The first part of the ayah, Surah Al-Furqan, 25th Surah, Ayah 62, and then the Shaykh continues the ayah after explaining, with the first part of the explanation, and he, Allah, is the one who made the night and the day to follow each other in succession. Shaykh Fazal said, meaning they follow each other in succession. This one follows on from this one. لِمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَذَّكَّرَ أَوْ أَرَادَ Completion of the ayah, with the explanation. For whoever wants to be reminded of Allah, or whoever wants to give thanks for Allah's favors. There's a side point here, an explanation of this ayah, from the first part of the ayah. But Allah, He is the one who made the night and day each other in succession. As a side point, Al-Tabari, Imam Ibn Jarir Al-Tabari in his famous tafsir, he mentions explanation of this ayah from Ibn Abbas, with his translation from Ibn Abbas, and also from Al-Hasan al-Basri, from Tabi'in, Rahimahullah, each of them saying the same thing, that whoever misses out on something during the night, that he can do it, he can reach it and catch it during the day. <clears throat> or he misses out something from the day, then he can catch it during the night. Explanation of the first part of the ayah. That Allah is the one who made the night and the day to follow each other in succession. Then Shaykh Fazan completed the ayah. لِمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَذَّكَّرَ أَوْ أَرَادَ the explanation for whoever wants to be reminded of Allah or whoever wants to give thanks for Allah's favors. And Shaykh Fawzan said, and in some of the qira'at, in some of the recitations of this ayah, there occurs, liman arada an yadhkura. For the one who wants to remember. The one who wants to remember Allah. And just as a side point, then Al-Tabari in his tafsir, he mentions this second recitation here, liman arada an yadhkura. 
was the recitation of Hamza, one of the famous reciters. The recitation of Hamza. Or rather, Al-Badri mentioned that. Al-Badri mentioned it. This was the recitation of Hamza. And Al-Tabari mentioned the meaning of each is the same. Both meanings of the meaning of both of these. Liman Arada and Yadhakara. And the meaning of Liman Arada and Yadhakara. The meaning is the same. Whoever wants to be reminded of Allah, whoever wants to remember Allah, the meaning is the same. Then Shaykh Barzan finishes part here by saying, So the night and the day are a tremendous bounty to be earned for a person who utilizes them in obedience to Allah the Mighty and Majestic. And it is an arena for action. Or rather said that, and the arena, the place for action is the night and the day. You have nothing else besides the night and the day. You want to act, you've got a choice. Either night or day, that's the only thing. You have no third choice. Said, they are the arena, these two are the arena for action. And for good and pure earning, for this world and the hereafter. So in the night, and the day, there are lessons, ever, and there are khawaid, there are benefits. So therefore, Allah swore an oath, bil-asr, by time. That Shaykh al-Fawzan raises a question here, continuing explanation of the surah. And he raises a question, ma huwa jawab al-qasm? So there is, in other words, there's been an oath here, wal-asr, Allah the Most High has sworn an oath, by time. And then the oath is sworn to affirm something. The oath is sworn to affirm something. In Arabic, what, what it's sworn to, sworn to affirm is called jawad al-qasm, literally the answer to the oath. But in English, they call it the complement of the oath. So, Shaykh al-Fawzan raises the question, ma huwa jawad al-qasm? What is the complement of this oath? I mean, what is this oath sworn to, sworn upon? Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, it is his saying, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ so The explanation continues here. It is the answer to this oath, what it's sworn, the oath is sworn about, or it's sworn, sworn to. It is his saying, in the second ayah, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ The explanation, mankind is certainly in loss. So in other words, that Allah the Most High has sworn an oath by time, that what? That mankind is certainly in loss. <clears throat> then Shaykh al explains the word al-insan, mankind. He said it means the whole, all of the descendants of Adam. He did not exclude anyone. Neither the kings, nor the leaders, nor the rich people, nor the poor people, nor the free people, nor the slaves, nor the males, nor the females. So Al, in the word Al-Insan, is Alif and Lam, mankind, he said, is for Istighraq. Again, a rule by the grammar. The al in the al insan is for istighraq, to make the word all inclusive. In other words, to make it mean 
Al-Insan, all of Insan, all of mankind. Now, Al at the start indicates it, it refers to all of them. Shaykh Rawzan said, all of the descendants of Adam are in Khusr, are in loss, meaning they will be in Khasara and Halal. They will be in loss and destruction if they waste this precious time. The time that's already been sworn by in the time. So all of mankind will be in loss and destruction if they waste this precious time and they utilize it in disobedience to Allah and in doing that which will harm them. And this time which is very cheap with many people. And many people treat time as being a very cheap commodity. So he said, and this time, which is very cheap with many people, time seems prolonged for them. <coughs> they become weary and bored, and they say, they say we want to kill some time. So they bring amusements or they travel abroad to spend a holiday and just to spend some time somewhere. Or they laugh and joke to use up time. So those people, they use it up and waste it. Then it will be loss and regret. It will be khasara, loss and madama, regret, upon them on the day of resurrection. And it would be, or it, and it could be the source for their true happiness, for their sa'ada, if only they took care of it. In this time which they, which they waste, and therefore it, it will be loss and regret for them on the day of resurrection. It could be, to use it properly, it could be the source for their sa'ada, for their bliss and their true happiness. If only they took care of it. <coughs> so all of the descendants of Adam are in loss and destruction, except for those who have the four qualities, which are in the four qualities referred to in this surah, the four qualities that the author, Shaykh Rasulullah, mentioned here. All of mankind will be in loss and, loss and destruction, except those who have the four qualities, which are al-ilm, knowledge, and al-amal, action, and fadda'watul Allah, and calling to Allah, and as-sabru al-adham, having patience upon any harm which is caused, having patience upon any harm which the person needs. So whoever has these four qualities will be saved from this loss. And having Iman in Allah is not possible 
except through through ilm, except through having knowledge, which is knowledge and awareness of Allah. وَعَمِلُ الصَّالِحَاتِ So the first part of the second ayah, let's explain that, as just as the author brought it. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for those who have iman, and as Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, and having iman, having true faith in Allah, is not possible. Except for having knowledge, which is knowledge and awareness of Allah. And the next part of the ayah, وَعَمِلُ الصَّالِحَاتِ And they perform the righteous and correct deeds. Shaykh Al-Fawzan said. Meaning they perform the righteous deeds from the wajibat, from the obligatory duties, or mustahabbat, and the recommended duties. So they utilize their time in performing the righteous deeds in that which will benefit them in their deen, in their religion, and their dunya, and in their worldly life. For even worldly action, even action for the dunya, even action of the dunya, even worldly action contains good and can contain reward if it is done with the intention of using it as an aid upon obedience. It's an action from the action, actions of this world, but if it is done with the intention of aiding upon obedience to Allah, then that action earns reward as well. <clears throat> so how about action for the hereafter? So what is important is that you do not waste the time. Rather, you use it in something which will be to your advantage and benefit you. And then Sheikh, Sheikh Tawzan quotes the next part of the ayah, وَتَوَاسَوْ بِالْحَقِّ And they enjoin each other with the truth. The next part of the ayah, then those who are accepted from the loss and destruction, those who have iman, those who perform righteous deeds, وَتَوَاسَوْ بِالْحَقِّ And they enjoin each other with the truth. Sheikh Tawzan said, they command the good and they forbid the evil and they call they give da'wah, they call to Allah the mighty and majestic and they teach al-ilm al-nafi' they teach beneficial knowledge and they propagate ilm, knowledge and good amongst the people they become callers to Allah the mighty and majestic Sheikh quotes the last part of the ayah, وَتَوَاسَوْ sabr, And they enjoin each other with sabr, with having patience. Sheikh Bazan said, they have sabr, they have patience upon whatever strikes them. And then he explains the meaning of sabr. Firstly, in the language, and then what is meant in the texts and in the legislation. So he said, as-sabr, 
in the language means al-habs, means restraining. Sabr in the language means restraining, withholding, restraining. And what is meant by here is habs nafsi ala ta'atillah. Restraining oneself upon obedience to Allah. What's meant in the ayah, what's referred to in the ayah, is that. Restraining oneself upon obedience to Allah. That's what they enjoin each other with. Then Shaykh Fawzan makes an important point and says, and it, referring to sabr, patience, it is of three types. وَهُوَ ثَلَاثَةُ أَنْوَاءَ الْأَوَّلُ صَبْرٌ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ الثاني صَبْرٌ عَنْ مَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ الثالث صبر على أقدار الله. Patience, sabr is of three types. There are three, kind, three kinds of patience that we need to have. The first one is patience upon obedience to Allah. The second one is patience in keeping away from those things which Allah has forbidden. And the third one is having patience with those things which Allah has pre-decreed will occur. Having patience with those things that Allah has preordained to occur. And then Shaykh Allah <coughs> breaks each of these three down and explains them. So the first of them, sabrun ala ta'atillah, patience upon obedience to Allah. Because the nafs, the person's soul, desires laziness. And it desires relaxation. So therefore a person must force it to have patience upon obedience. He has to work against his, his soul to push it upon obedience to Allah because the soul by naturally desires laziness and relaxation so therefore the Shaykh said so therefore a person must force it to have patience upon obedience and upon the sarah upon the prayer and upon fasting and upon jihad in Allah's cause even though it may dislike these matters He should cause it to have patience and he should restrain it upon obedience to Allah. And the second, the second kind, the second kind of patience is sabrun ala sabrun and maharimullah. Patience in keeping away from those things which Allah has made forbidden. The Shaykh said, the nafs, the soul, desires forbidden things, and shahawat desires. It inclines towards them and is, and is attracted to them. So therefore the person must bind it and restrain it 
away from the forbidden things. And this requires sabr, this requires patience. And it is not easy to prevent the soul from desires and forbidden things. Whoever does not have sabr, whoever does not have patience, then his nafs, his soul, will overcome him and incline towards forbidden things. And then Sheikh Al-Fazam mentions the third type of patience, third type of necessary patience. The third is As-Sabru ala aqdarillahi mu'lima Having patience with the painful things which Allah has decreed. Al-Masa'ib, the calamities which strike a person. From the death of a close relative, or loss of wealth, or illness which befalls a person. He must have patience, he must have sabr upon the preordainment and pre-decree of Allah. And he should not become vexed, he should not become angry and vexed and cross. He should not become vexed. And he should not become angry. Rather, he should restrain the tongue from niyaha, from wailing and forbidden lamenting, and from tasakhut, from displaying anger. And he should withhold his nafs, withhold himself from jaza, from vexation. And he should withhold his limbs from striking the cheeks and tearing the openings of the garment, the front opening of the gut, the front openings of the garments. This is sabr, this is patience upon calamities. And when calamities strike, then these things are three things are necessary. Withholding one's, one's heart and one's soul from feelings of vexation and anger and dissatisfaction and, and the like. And withholding one's tongue from expressing anger at what has happened, what has been decreed to, to occur. And withholding one's limbs from these forbidden acts, striking the cheeks and tearing the clothes. This is the suburb, the patience upon calamities. Al-Masa'ib. But as for Al-Ma'a'ib, so upon Masa'ib, calamities which Allah has decreed will occur, we have to have sabr, we have patience. The Shaykh said, but as for Al-Ma'a'ib, as for faults, things which are wrong with the person that he's accountable for, guilty, guilty about, as for faults, then he should not have patience upon them. Rather he should repent, to Tawbah, he should repent to Allah and flee away from them. However, with regard to masa'ib, calamities, which, you are, which are not something which you yourself have done, rather they are from Allah, the mighty majestic, he has decreed that they will occur to you as ibtila and imtihan, as a test and a trial, or as uquba, or as a punishment for you, for sins which you have committed. 
in the calamities and masa'ib which occur to a person, then it will be either for that. Either Allah has decreed it will occur to you as, as a test and a trial, or as a punishment for some sins which you have committed. Sheikh Fawzan said, just as just as there is, just as it occurs in his saying, he the most high, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٌ Surah Ashura, the 42nd Surah, Ayah 30. With the explanation, and whatever calamity strikes you, then it is on account of the sins which your hands have committed. And Allah pardons and does not punish a great deal. Shaykh Al-Fazan said, So if a musibah, if a calamity, strikes the Muslim in his self, or in his wealth, or his children, or his close relative, or one of his brothers from the Muslims, then it is upon him to have sabr, to have patience, and to have ihtisab, to, to await reward. He the Most High said, and he quotes the two ayahs, الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُحْتَدُونَ Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, ayahs 156-157. With the explanation, those who, in the context of the people of Sabah, the people of patience, those who, when a calamity strikes them, they say, Indeed, we belong to Allah and we will certainly be returning to Him. Those people, upon them is salawat, upon them is praise from their Lord and mercy. And they are the ones who are guided. just as a side point in explanation of this ayah, then Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Qathimeen, rahimahullah, he mentions in his explanation, and his explanation points of benefit from Surah Al-Baqarah, he said, with regard to these people of patience, of the three qualities, three qualities are mentioned for them, that they will receive salawat from their Lord, and they will receive rahmah, mercy, and they will be upon guidance, huda. So with regard to Salawat, Sheikh Rafimi uh, mentioned, the scholars differ about its meaning. What's the meaning of Salawat? The scholars differ in that regard. But the most correct of the sayings is that it means, What Salawat here from their Lord means, it means that Allah the Most High will praise them, mention them with words of praise to the highest company of angels. Back to the explanation of Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan, then Sheikh al-Fawzan said, this is as-sabr, this is patience. And from that, from the patience of tongue calamities, from that, <coughs> is having patience upon harm which comes in calling to Allah the mighty and majestic. For that is from the masa'ib, that is from the calamities. So it is upon you 
to have patience upon whatever you meet from harm upon the path of good. And do not turn away from doing good. Because some people wish to do good. However, if something which he dislikes faces him, he then says, it is not obligatory upon me to enter myself into these matters. And he's calling, some, calling to something good, he wants to do good, wants to call to good. Then something meets him unexpectedly, which he dislikes, some harm or the like. Sheikh said, then some people say, when that happens to them, it's not obligatory upon me to enter myself into the like of these matters. Then he abandons teaching, if he is a teacher. He abandons calling to Allah. He abandons giving the khutbah, if he is a khatib, one who gives the khutbah in a mosque. He abandons leading the prayer, the imamah in the mosque. He abandons commanding the good and forbidding the evil. This person has not had sabr. He has not had patience upon the harm which came to him. And if you are upon a khata, if you are upon error, then it is upon you to turn back to the truth and to correctness. But if you are on haq, if you are upon something true, and you have not erred, then it is upon you to have sabr and ihtisab. It's upon you to have patience and to await and expect reward. And to be aware and to feel that this is in the cause of Allah, the mighty and majestic, and that you will receive reward for it. And that you remember the harm which occurred to the prophets, alayhim salatu wassalam, and how they had sabr, how they had patience, and how they strove and fought in Allah's cause, until Allah, the mighty majestic, gave them victory. <coughs> then comes, that's why Sheikh Al-Zan ends explanation of that point. Then in the main text, the author, Sheikh Al-Islam, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, Rahimahullah, he brings a quote, قال الشافعي رحمه الله لو ما أنزل الله حجة على خلقه إلا هذه السورة لكفتهم لكفتهم He said الشافعي رحمه الله said If Allah had not sent down any proof upon his creation except this سورة then that would have sufficed for them. Sheikh Fawzan said, in explanation, his saying, Ash-Shafi'i, he is the Imam Muhammad ibn Idris Ash-Shafi'i. And Ash-Shafi'i is an ascription to his great-great-grandfather, Shafi'i, who is called Shafi'i. And why is Imam Ash-Shafi'i carry the appellation Ash-Shafi'i into his great-great-grandfather? He was called Shafi'i. And he was from Quraysh. He was from the tribe of Quraysh. From Banu Muttalib. From the clan of Muttalib. He died in the year 204. 
and he was one of the four Imams, Al-Aimatul Arba'ah. And just as a side point here, as the Sheikh mentioned, Imam Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, he died in the year 204, and he was born, as for those who wish to know, he was born in the year 150, in the town of Gaza, the town of Gaza, in Palestine, present-day Palestine. With regard to the point where Sheikh Farzah mentioned that his great-great-grandfather, he takes the name Shafi'i from his great-great-grandfather Shafi'i, and he was from the tribe of Quraysh. Then Imam Shafi'i, his lineage joins up with the lineage of the Prophet wasallam, ten generations back. He was Muhammad bin Idris, Muhammad the son of Idris, the son of Al-Abbas, the son of Uthman, the son of Shafi'i, the son of As-Sa'ib, the son of Ubaid, the son of Abd Yazid, the son of Hashim, the son of Al-Muttalib, the son of Abd Manaf. And Abd Manaf was the great-great-grandfather of the Prophet wasallam. So the lineage of the Prophet wasallam, Imam al-Shafi's lineage joins up with his in the descendant Abd Manaf. Back to what Shaykh al-Fawzan mentioned, he said, and he said he was one, and he was one of the four Imams. And he said this saying, in the saying that the author quotes here, he said this saying, meaning if Allah had not sent down any proof upon his creation except this surah, surah al-Asr, then it would have sufficed for them. He said this saying because Allah has made clear in this surah, asbab al-shaqawa wa asbab al-sa'ada. The reasons for wretchedness, shaqawa, and the means for sa'ada, the means for true happiness and success. Allah has made that clear in the story. That's what the reasons for wretchedness and the means for sa'ada, true happiness and success. <coughs> then Shaykh Fawzan explains that. So the asbab of sa'ada, the means for true happiness and success, is, obviously the importance of this is clear to everyone, that every, for everyone, everyone, what everyone desires, is ultimate happiness and success. And true happiness, everyone will say that's what they want. So the, the Sheikh made clear, that's what's made clear in this surah. The means to success and the opposite, the means to total wretchedness. So Sheikh Fawzan said, so the means for true happiness and success is that the person has these four characteristics Al-ilm, wal-amal, wal-da'wati, wal-sabru ala al-adha fi sabeelillahi ta'ala Knowledge and action and calling and having patience upon harm in, Allah's, in the cause of Allah the Most High If someone wants to know how do you attain True happiness and success, that's, as the Sheikh mentioned, that's the four characteristics that a person needs. Obviously, the first one being knowledge. So if a person can't even be bothered with knowledge, then he's in trouble. So, al-ilm, knowledge. And secondly, al-amal, action. Thirdly, al-da'wah, calling to it. And fourthly, having patience upon harm in the cause of Allah, the Most High. The Sheikh said, so Allah's proof is established upon his creation through this surah 
Allah the Perfect says to them, I have made clear to you the means for true happiness in this short and brief surah. Then Shaykh Al-Tazam mentions the point to clarify something which someone may misunderstand. And the Quran, all of it, and the Sunnah are details for these four matters. And the rest of the Quran and the rest of the, and the whole of the Sunnah are details for these four matters. However, this surah has made clear the means to true happiness and success in general terms. Through it, the proof has been established upon the creation. And the texts of the Quran and the Sunnah give the details and clarify these four matters. Then the Shaykh clarifies what could be misunderstood. And the speech of a Shafi'i does not mean that this surah is sufficient for mankind. Even if Allah had not sent down anything else. I mean, it wouldn't be, someone may ask if this surah is sufficient, then what, why, what about all the other 113 surahs then? What about the rest of the sunnah? So it's a misunderstanding. Obviously the rest of the surahs and the rest of the, and the sunnah are a clarification, a necessary clarification of that. That's not the meaning of what Imam Shafi said. <coughs> then he said, but rather it is that Allah has established the proof upon them. Or rather, it, the Surah, has established the proof upon them. That's the meaning of what Imam Shafi said. The Surah establishes the proof upon them. It would be sufficient to establish proof against them. Because Allah has made clear in it the means to true happiness and the reasons for total wretchedness. So on the day of resurrection, no one can say, I did not know the means to true happiness, and I did not know the reasons leading to total wretchedness, when he has read this surah, and he has read this brief and short surah. And that's where Sheikh Fawzan ends explanation of this quote, and then he follows it with a quote from Imam al-Bukhari. So he brings it, he's brought the surah, Sheikh Fawzan explained the surah, then the author brought the saying of Imam al-Shafi, stressing the importance of this surah. So we'll leave that part of the explanation, what follows from the text, till next time, inshallah, but just something small, in addition to that, then in another explanation of the book, The Three Principles, the explanation of a doctor, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al Qasim, who is an Imam of the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Medina, and the Khatib gives the khutbah there. He mentions in the explanation, in his explanation, he mentions some nice points here, and some quotes from Abdul Qayyim. So he says, the deen, the religion, all of it. To make it very clear so nobody gets confused, this is outside what Shafazan's explanation, that's the end of Shafazan's explanation at this point, but it's just something extra. So the Sheikh Abdul Muslim Al Qasim said, The religion, all of it, 
is Iman, true faith, and action, and da'wah, and calling to it, and sabr, and having patience. The origin, all of it, is that. Those four things. Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, the Salaf, the predecessors, were agreed upon the fact that a scholar, an alim, does not deserve to be called Rabbani. This great term for the former scholars, Rabbani. A scholar does not deserve to be called Rabbani until he knows the truth and acts upon it and teaches it. So whoever knows and acts and teaches, then that one is counted as one who is great in the kingdom of the heavens. So Surat al-Asr, the Shaykh continues, so Surat al-Asr draws attention to the fact that mankind, all of them, are in loss, except those who are accepted from that by Allah. And that is the person who has completed his own faculties in knowledge by having Iman in Allah. And who has completed his physical faculties through acts of obedience. So through these two comes about his completeness in himself. And then he strives to complete others by enjoining the other person with that and commanding him with it. And that is gained by sabr, patience, which is the limit of completeness. Again, he said, Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, said, all of the people of intellect have said, bliss and na'im cannot be attained by living a life of bliss. And ease and relaxation will not be attained through ease and relaxation. I mean, a person who wants the bliss of the hereafter, and ease and relaxation in the hereafter. He won't get it. He won't attain it by striving for bliss in this life, and by striving for re relaxation in this life. He will not attain that through that means. And that whoever gives preference to the delights you know, of this world will miss out on the, on the delights, the true delights. Then he said, just he mentioned some further points, but just to make it brief, he said further on, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he also said, completeness al-kamal is that a person is complete in himself and seeks to bring about completeness in others. So this surah, despite its briefness, is the most <coughs> comprehensive surah in the Qur'an with regard to all good. That's from the book Miftah Dar al-Sa'adah. And just to finish, he mentions, the Shaykh mentions. So this surah is from al-Mubashirat, is from good tidings or from the warnings for a servant. I mean, for each and every individual, this surah can be one or the other. It'll be good tidings or a warning. So let the servant stop at it. 
and weigh himself in accordance with it. Ibn Rajab, Hafid ibn Rajab, he said, This surah is a mizan. This surah is a scale, is a balance for actions. The believer can weigh himself in a, can weigh himself with it. And it will become clear to him whether he is in profit or in loss. And obviously meaning, that, that's a quote from the Ta'if al-Mu'arif. In the light of the, the point Shaykh al-Fawzan made clear, the four points there, that knowledge, action upon it, according to it, and patience upon that. The person weighs himself in the light of that and sees where he is with regard to that. Then he can weigh himself in the light of that and see, is he in profit or is he in loss? So the Shaykh finished. So this is a surah which fully deserves that it should be said about it, what the Imams have said about it because of its tremendous status.